0: I was blessed on Friday late afternoon and evening to uh, pay visits to two of our parishioners who are ill. Uh, One is in a rehab center and one is at home and sometimes unable to come to church. So I brought each of them Holy Communion. And uh, the one who was at the rehab center was so happy to see me. She almost started crying, which it's kind of intense to have that kind of responsibility. But there it is. Um... So, when I give communion, I like to read little passages of scripture that pertain to healing. And the one I read to both of them was the story of the ten lepers who come to Jesus to be healed. And he says, go show yourselves to the priests, and they go off. And when they're walking off, they're made clean, and one comes back to give thanks. And Jesus says, where's the other nine? Why did only one come back to give thanks? And I said to each of these women, both of whom are at least 30 years older than me, so I'm some young whippersnapper coming to give them wisdom. I said, um, I think the message in this gospel passage is always find some gratitude. Find ways to give thanks in your life. These people, these men had been lepers for years and they'd been set aside and cast out in a colony. And yet, this miracle happens to them, and I said to these women in their frailty and their illness, always be grateful, even though things are tough. Just know that there's always something in your life uh, for which to give thanks and Lo and behold, they both nodded and agreed with me. And I I say lo and behold because it would not surprise me someday to be with someone who is sick or has lost a loved one or who is struggling with employment or poverty or mental illness or depression or what have you, to say, always find something to be grateful and have them say back to me, what are you talking about? No. No way. And I don't know what I would say to that because I understand what they mean. But I think it's true. It's important, even in our darkest moments, to kind of touch home base with some gratitude, something that was nice in our lives or continues to be nice. I'm ill, but I have love. I'm worried, but I trust in God. And that gratitude will carry you through. And I say all of that because today is the third Sunday of Advent which we call Gaudete Sunday, or Rejoice Sunday. And uh, you'll notice the pink candle that Tom Kenyon so ably lit uh, uh, after the two purples, and it's sort of a, a refreshment Sunday. Those of us who've been in some sort of Advent penitence or kind of pondering what is, you know, how to make our house clean to receive Jesus, this is kind of the day to take a break and have a little bit of cake, for instance. And Gaudete, uh, it's something like Gaudete Deus Semper. I wish William were here. Gaudete Semper Deus, rejoice in the Lord always. It comes from that reading from Philippians that Tom read. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And that message to me is even when it's hard, even when it's dark, even in these days when it gets dark at five o'clock at night, there is reason to recall, remember, and light the candles in our lives that bring us joy and can do so even in darkness. And so rejoice, gaudete, we wear pink, or rather rose vestments, uh, rose being much more manly than pink, perhaps, (laughs) somehow. But um, we remember that it's important to give thanks and rejoice even You know, the first Sunday of Advent, there were readings of the apocalypse. The second Sunday of Advent, we were introduced to John the Baptist as man in the wilderness and asked to look at the wilderness in our own lives and when we feel lost. And today, rejoice. However, we also have John the Baptist shouting out, you brood of vipers. Which is, I got to tell you, so rewarding to say out loud (laughs) from a pulpit. Not that you are broods of vipers. But um, it's just, it's biting. <laughs> well, some of you, right? No, uh, it's, it's biting and it's intense. And John the Baptist is no joke. Uh, he comes and tells these people, you are all in big trouble. And so the people respond, well, what should we do? They're quaking. These people... In their lives, as difficult as they had it, they hear about this madman in the wilderness and you would think they'd say, well, he's crazy, I'm not going there. But they flock to him because they know there's something missing in their lives. There's something they need to be told. And what they're being told is, repent and do better. Do your best. And so when I say rejoice today, when we feel like we're rejoicing in our rose-colored vestments it's not one of those light-hearted happy happy joy joy it's it's a rejoice that comes from having felt pain and suffering and yet rejoicing anyway and that's what john the baptist is pointing to in his harshness these tax collectors come up and say oh my gosh we've done all these bad things what are we going to do and he says you know what just don't cheat people Financially, Just be righteous. These soldiers say, what are we supposed to do? We know we've been bad. He says, stop harassing people and taking money from them. You know, it's it's simple. You don't have to go off somewhere on a mission trip to do what God tells you to do. You can do what you're supposed to do and are called to do right where you are. You have two coats in your closet and you see someone who's cold. You offer them one of them. I came out of my office last night at... Gosh, 10:15 p.m., and there was someone in their sleeping bag curled up uh, right outside basically my office. And I have to say we're not supposed to let people sleep on our grounds, but I just didn't have the heart. Uh, because I, male or female, I didn't even know because they were so curled up in their sleeping bag like this. I just had this compassion, and I thought I wish I had a blanket to give you. Those are the impulses that we are called to have in our lives when you see need. Rise to the occasion. Not every minute of the day. You're going to see it all around you, but do your best. Rejoice. And those are ways of rejoicing. That is how we rejoice in life. We rejoice by giving thanks. Just like those women who are ill that I visited on Friday. There's one more thing I want to say. This is about um, the end of the gospel reading when John the Baptist is describing the Messiah who's coming and he's going to have a winnowing fork in his hand and he's going to clear the threshing floor. The wheat is going to go into the granary, but the chaff is going to burn with unquenchable fire. And so that doesn't sound like rejoicing, does it? (laughs) It sounds like judgment and harshness. But remember that the word judgment can also mean discernment and it can also mean uh, a a revealing or a knowledge of the truth. And the truth is we, each of us, have wheat and chaff in our souls. It's just a fact of being human. And when I hear readings like this, my hope is not that, that the bad are gonna be punished and sent to hell where there's unquenchable fire and that I may not be one of those, but that it's actually about God seeing us truly as we are and clearing out all the chaff that is in us so that we can be pure and ready to enter into heaven with joy, rejoicing. So um, I commend that to you, that idea that it might just be the chaff and the wheat reside in each of us and what God will do in God's mercy is clear out what hasn't done us any good. So on this third Sunday of Advent, I invite you to remember to rejoice. I invite you to care for other people, uh, maybe extra special. And remember that uh, just like in funeral services, when the priest says, all of us go down to the dust, yet even at the grave, we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. May you find your joy and your Alleluias, even in those moments when you feel like dust. God bless us all. Amen.